Broadcasting live from the Golden Throne on Holy Terra, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Cameron. Hi. And Nelson. I'm also here. And James is on tech. What up? And today we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff that Wizards announced yesterday at time of recording. So we're recording this on Friday. And uh, yeah, it's basically everything else that is absolutely for sure coming out in 2022. Hmm. Um, to note, they didn't talk about Infinity. No, no, no. We don't know. We don't know any more than than you do. Uh, I I am led to believe that maybe that means it's not coming out this year, but maybe it will. Who knows? Um, before we get into it, a reminder, of course, that this show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all your cardboard needs. You can, much to uh, Jordan's surprise, uh, already pre-order um, uh, Commander Legends. Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. What is it? Advent, what's it? It's, it's uh, Fall of Baldur's Gate? No. No, it's not. But Magic the Gathering presents in conjunction with TSR and other Wizards of the Coast companies. It's not Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. That's, it, I think we have it's a It's Battles. It's it's Battle, battle for Baldur's battle Gate. For battle for Baldur's Gate. Gate. Baldur's Gate. Okay. Seagate Wreckage, the Baldur's Gate edition. Yeah, you can, you can pre-order that already at Card Kingdom, so you should probably go do that because it's looking pretty cool. Uh, Brought to you by yeah. Richard Garfield. Also, if you uh, tell them, Loading Ready Run sent me a button, please, they'll give you a little one-inch button, which currently says, weird tap, but okay. Uh, and of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Thank you so much. So, yeah, the next thing on the horizon, uh, you know, with with streets of New Capenna long in our rearview mirror. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've almost seen half of the cards from drafting it. Yeah, there's I still there are still cards <laughs> in the set. There are still like rares. Yeah, certainly mythics, but rares that I've never opened or played against. Yeah, I just I've had a bunch of other things on the docket like Switch game. I learned how to play Minecraft recently. Oh. I'm like a few streams deep in it, and like there's been a bunch of my kid my kids have been into a bunch of different Switch games. So I've just been like, and like the world's been opening up a little tiny bit more lately, mm. uh, but not so much that I'm back in Sunday drafting. Anyways, this is all come, me coming around and saying like I've drafted this set once, mm. plus that free one that was on the first weekly mm -hmm. or whatever. So yeah. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm color me whelmed. I I really enjoyed new Streets of New Capenna, uh, sealed, when you know, when it came out. Low those many days ago. I I played quite a bit of sealed, but lately I've been playing a lot of uh, Gladiator and the best of one historic queue. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. 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 I just had to cut DT and uh, Path. Yeah. Shoutouts to, uh, I think it was Angel J who was like, I yeah. just do this. Yeah, yeah. Game, she, goes, she goes okay. diamond platinum. That's allowed. You're allowed to do this. You yeah. Change your deck only slightly. Cool. Uh, I got six wins in a draft, and uh, I'm, I'm prepared to retire champion at that point. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't remember anything about the deck anymore. But yeah, it's uh, sealed has been tough. The deck building in Sealed has been really tough. I don't know that I'm going to do the arena open at time of recording. There's an arena open tomorrow. Oh, really? Is this weekend? Yeah. Wild. Okay, sorry. Sorry? Yeah. No, I didn't no, put wow. this one on my calendar for whatever reason. Yeah. No. What's uh, the format? New Capenna. Oh, Limited. So is it so Sealed Day 1, Draft Day 2? Correct. 
Oof. Okay, well, good luck to those of you who are well done. Those yeah. of you who just played that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know I if don't, I'm finding time either. No, I, it's not, I mean, finding the time is one thing, but also it's like, how comfortable am I just throwing gems away? Yeah, right. Like, you can uh, beat a prize fight or a, a rigged fight, or you can beat a broker's ascendancy if, if you, you fight hard. If you have like broken wings in your hand when they cast it. Yeah. But uh those just end games. Yeah. Oh, uh fight rigging. Fight rigging. Fight, yeah. yeah. You know, the the green hideaway spell. Yeah. That thing's messed up. Ugh. Um so yeah, looking to the future, um the next thing coming down the the pipe is uh the Commander Legends Betrayal of Baldur's Gate, of which we know very little. Um there there's been I believe one spoiler card which was shown off on the command zone. If I remember correctly. Is that Minsk and Boo? Uh, no, it's Zevlor. Oh. El Tural Exile. Uh, so it's one blue, black, red for a 4-2 Tiefling Warrior, legendary, with haste. And then for two and tap, when you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent, and I don't know why the word only is highlighted in red <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, that's new and different. I assume this is from, this is a screenshot from the Command Zone's video and that's mm-hmm. something that they did because this is atypical for magic but I'll, I'll start reading that ability again two and tap when you next cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent and opponent controls this turn for each other opponent choose that player or a permanent they control copy that spell and copy targets the chosen and the copy targets the chosen player or permanent yeah uh it's it, that's one of those things that like the templating is miserable I, but the oh james found one that looks normal okay yeah i wonder if uh they read it out that only because you can just red pen that out you don't need oh and it doesn't exist purpose. on this version it does not when you de- cast an instant or source spell that targets a single opponent so i wonder where this version with the red came from that's yeah, interesting that's, that seems like an editorial decision yeah that feels like red sharpie to me. Weird. Sure. Yeah. Maybe it was from an article where the the author wanted to highlight the fact that you have to first target just the one thing. Huh. Anyway, so when you cast a spell that targets one thing, you copy it for every other opponent. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. So if you cast murder targeting your one opponent's creature, then you get to also murder an, a creature belonging to each of your other opponents. And then six to get into that, plus the cost of the spell. But it has haste, so. Yeah. You know, regular commander mana. You could do this every turn, though. Yeah. Seven for three bolts. Every turn that you, yeah, exactly. Seven for three bolts. It's still a better deal than Ember Shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The copies, the copy targets the chosen player are permanent. If you, now, Nelson, if I can ask you to try and do a judge real quick. I will try to do a judge. If I'm casting Lightning Bolt, which Mm -hmm. could target a creature or a player. Right. Uh, Am I obliged to target, if I target the opponent directly, do I have to target the other opponents directly or can I also change to their creatures? No, I think it's pretty clear here. For each other opponent, choose that player or a permanent they control. Yeah. Copy that spell and the copy targets the chosen player or permanent. So Cool. It almost sounds like if it from the can yeah target, exactly then you know you can do that you know it doesn't need to tell you here that you're going to run into like you can only cast these copies uh, if you do it legally right right so yeah. it's like it's like your creature 
you're a creature, and you only have a creature with four toughness, so your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Wow. All of these Baldur's Gate and uh, Forgotten Realms sets make me really want to know when we're getting Planescape. <laughs> right. Maybe Planescape could be the next plane chase Ooh. variant. Just to confuse everyone. Yeah. Absolute most. Yeah, yeah. And with a plane you... shift theme. Like they go back and it's like invasion block, but mixed with Planescape. <gasps> You're speaking my language. It's just invasion like invasion block. It's yes. the all thinking with portals magic slash D and D set. Yeah. And you're gonna get the cards by buying the player's handbook and then they're gonna be in a sheet that's like in the yeah. Yeah, yeah. You punch them out. That's right. Yeah, I you... I do just want to hop in really quick and correct Graham on one thing. Please. Um they they have spoiled other cards from Baldur's Gate, but oh. they did that a while ago. We talked about them right. on the show. Yes. Ancient Brass Dragon, Fireball, Lightning Bolt, right. Wand Thank of Wonder. Right. So there are a few other cards we know, but generally speaking, we've only seen about seven and okay. some lands so far. Thank you for the reminder. I, I had forgotten about that. So they didn't talk about this on the stream, because on the stream, the first thing that they talked about yesterday was Warhammer 40,000. And Cameron, I'm going to be leaning on you a bit for some help uh-huh. with this section as God, a, I love Games Workshop insisting that it is in fact Warhammer 40,000 even though we know from the preview card that the little thing at the bottom of the card says <laughs> 40k like with the k on it yeah Incredible. we're going to be calling it 40k too but yeah so this is the universes beyond this is the big like big universes beyond launch mashup of Magic the Gathering and Warhammer 40k um, which is four commander decks. And this is launching in uh, early August, August 12th. And they're doing a launch weekend on the 12th and 14th. And uh, now we have confirmation about what the decks actually are and the colors of those decks. And some of it is stuff that people were expecting. And some of it is kind of a surprise. So we have the Tyranid Swarm. Nice. In green, blue, and red. Love it. Cameron, wh- give us a TLDR on the Tyranids. Uh, well, Graham. If, if uh, you could. The Tyranids were first encountered by the Imperium at the uh, Adeptus Mechanicus Explorator outpost on Tyran Prime. Oh. Or, well, it was in the Tyran system at any rate. Um, and they are an extragalactic alien swarm composed of, uh, I mean, the, the trillions of individual organisms uh, that combine into a single hive mind Hmm. that consumes all biomass in its path, converting it into more tyranids. Right. Uh, And they seem to be making a beeline uh, from the galactic rim towards Earth, towards Holy Terra, or possibly they might also be breaking for the Eye of Terror. Either way, they're going for the brightest source of psychic energy in the galaxy. Oh boy! Didn't you just describe the Borg? To an extent. Shut up, James. <laughs> I mean, shut up. <laughs> the Tyranids are also like not even a little bit the direct inspiration for the Zerg in Star yes. Th- That's also fair, right? Yeah, yeah that the, they're they're kind of like they look like the alien, although the more direct inspiration, uh, or the more direct ripoff of the alien in Warhammer Forty Thousand are the Gene Stealers, mm. who are a uh, a scout or infiltrator uh, subspecies of the Tyranid Swarms. Oh, okay. Yeah. Neat. Um, what do you make of the Tyranids being green, blue, and red? I love that. 
actually, because uh, the Tyranids aren't really con, con, con they, they they don't they don't deal with morality. They are a they are life out of balance. Mm. Um, honestly, Quite you could make the sense. argument that the Tyranids are the good guys, <laughs> right? right? Because they, they they don't worship chaos. They don't particularly care about pain or suffering. Um, they're just really big and they, they roll across the galaxy eating everything. Um, so green seems correct. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least by the morality of Warhammer 40 K, mm. uh, red, you know, I would think that the red is honestly the part that I feel doesn't fit, mm. um, because they aren't particularly impulsive, um, they are because it's not really it's not really impulsive it's just like this is what we do yeah yeah, yeah. It, i i don't want to say that they're calculating or that there's any grand strategy because i mean that's debatable they have gone around things but otherwise they seem to behave kind of like a charging animal right um blue i really enjoy because they are like they do have an enormous psychic presence the shadow in the warp that blots out the astronomicon uh, is one of the descriptions that gets used in the, uh, around the Tyranids hmm. because there's just there's so many of them. Their, their presence in the warp is undeniable and there's nothing that chaos can really interact with there. Wow, all right. Um, if you so, don't know what the warp is, we're on the same team. Okay, yeah. the warp is a parallel universe to our own where um, psychic energy comes from. So when humans, when human psychers draw on their powers, they are drawing power from the warp and everything in our universe kind of exists in the warp as well. Um, well, let's put a pin in that one. So it's kind uh, of like the spirit realm. Yeah, it's the right? spirit realm. Okay. Uh, all living things, most living things have a warp presence, right. although some have a disproportionate one relative to, you know, whatever they are. For example, one of the Warhammer 40k races, the Tau, have a relatively muted warp presence. Okay. And so they don't, they never really developed warp technologies, right? Mm. They don't travel through the warp for faster than light. They don't have psychers. Uh, Eldar, the Warhammer 40k elven race, or as they have been called in the last, I don't know, six or seven years, the Eldari TM, yeah. um, have a disproportionately large warp presence. Hmm. Uh, so the warp as a realm of pure thought and, um, uh, uh, psychic, uh, psychic Im Im imprinting is a place where all of your impulses kind of like have, uh, go to ripple outwards. So the warp is kind of like a black mirror held up to the, to the, to the soul. There's no hiding from the warp. Okay. Neat. Mm -hmm. All right. The next deck is the Forces of the Imperium, uh, which is white, blue, and black. The Forces of the Imperium, these are the humans. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So this is the Space Marines. Yeah. Space. Uh, white, blue, and black seems correct to me. Although, yeah. I mean, like, I think I might have actually put the Imperium in Mardu. Mm. Although, like, blue, if we're going with blue as being, like, the color of psychic powers. Right. Then, Yeah. Fair, but white black is definitely where I would put the Imperium because you know it's definitely uh, human society is definitely very regimented and organized and civilized. 
civilized in quotation marks. Big air um, quotes, yeah. But, you know, uh, it's also founded on a premise of infinite suffering and death. <laughs> yeah. A thousand souls a day for the... Yeah, for just the, for the emperor. For the emperor, yeah. Yeah, just to keep the Astronomicon lit so you can navigate through the warp. Don't worry, Nelson, we'll come back to this one later. Great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Warhammer 40,000 sounds like a scary place. It's, yes. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. It's awesome. Yeah. It's actually awesome. So, okay, you can travel. You can just enter the warp with a warp drive and travel through it because time and space operates differently there. So you can go into the realm of thought and emotion and just move through it, <laughs> right? You can build. Uh, and in order to do that, you need psychers. And because the warp is unpredictable and chaotic, although it isn't sometimes referred to as the realm of chaos, because that's where the chaos gods live. Chaos gods are composed of all of human emotion or previously Eldar emotion. Hmm. Um, but, you know, as the dominant peoples in the galaxy right now, we kind of like decide what's going on in the warp. And it's bad. Um, Okay. So in order to navigate in it, you need some kind of like consistent beacon. And for humans, that is the golden throne on earth where the, em the emperor lives because okay. his psychic presence is so bright. It's called the Astronomicon. And okay. in order to keep it lit, they need to feed psychers into it. Like they're stoking the mighty boilers of HMS Dreadnought with coal. Whoa. But yeah. it's just human sacrifices? Yeah. And they have to be... A psyker, I assume, is someone who's like gone to university to like uh, learn the psychers trade and are, like, devoted themselves to it. Psychers occur naturally in humans. Oh, okay, okay. And they need they do need to be trained, otherwise, um, they are a conduit to the warp, and warp beings, warp creatures, can use them to enter real space. Okay. Demons. Right. But being yes. a psyker sounds like it's bad for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's no fun. But yeah, being a human of any kind in, oh, okay. in this universe is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there's no there's no joy in this place. They took the Harkonnens and just kept going. It's, yeah. So uh, the third deck, this was a surprise for some people. Uh, the Necron Dynasties. Yeah. Mono yeah. black. Uh, so like mono black artifact Necrons feels correct. Yeah, who are the Necrons? The Necrons are an unspeakably ancient race of people who were in charge of the galaxy long before humans. Um, and like the Eldar fought them a little bit, but the last time I was really into the lore and this has probably changed because Games Workshop is just like that lore we wrote, wrote before that was written by somebody in universe and they were wrong. So we're writing it again. Okay. Um, uh, but the Necron tier were a race of people who, you know, were a big power in the galaxy and they were, uh, subjugated by, ancient real space gods called the Catan or the Satan. I don't remember how they pronounced it because there was no pronunciation guide when I was last playing Warhammer 40k, but C apostrophe T-A-N. Mm. Um, and then they like, basically the, the, the inspiration for the Necrons are Terminators because okay. they, they're, they're robot skeleton people, but they are undead. Basically they're the undead in 40k. They were, they went into deep hibernation until whatever was bothering them was had left the galaxy and then they came back and only a, like 5% of of whatever was preserved in those robot bodies really survived the um the hibernation the hibernation so most of them aren't really people okay uh but the the big ones 
you know, our vast alien malevolent intelligences. And one of them is a meme lord who collects um, who collects people and generally enjoys messing with the lesser races as he sees them by like just teleporting heroes off battlefields into museums. Wow. And finally, the 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 fourth deck, the ruinous powers, which I would have guessed this is another name for the yeah the like, chaos the chaos yeah chaos the, armies the, the armies of chaos or whatever yeah yeah um they've been I don't I don't know what it because it's not just chaos space marines right no. you know at the dawn of the Imperium one third or one half of of the chaos space marine legions and their supporting armies and fleets you know rebelled against the emperor. And that was the Horus Heresy. It was a giant civil war. It ruined everything. But, you know, depending on the lore, may have actually saved the galaxy. Because, you know, there, there was a plan in which if the Imperium had, if the Emperor's plan had come to fruition, it would have been very bad. So that there was like this secret group orchestrating things behind the scenes to upend it and thus, like, hopefully destroy the chaos gods it, it's complicated all right but the chaos people are like rebellious humans yeah they're like they're, they're, they're humans fashion. who uh have various motivations but are broadly um uh worshipers of the chaos powers although some of the space marine legions who rebelled don't really worship chaos they kind of tolerate it okay hmm. like the chaos is is fractious Right. right. There are the true believers, like the word bearer legions, who, you know, are just the biggest dirtbags. Mm-hmm. They're actually like religious fanatics who worship chaos and who were responsible for corrupting um, the other legions, even though they didn't lead the heresy. Um, and then there are the legions like the night lords who kind of are indifferent to to uh, the the religious elements of chaos but are dirtbags for completely other reasons. All right. And that's Boros or what? Uh, sorry, no, that's that's uh, Grixis. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, if you want ranting, frothing fanatics, uh, Chaos has you covered. If, you know, the Imperials aren't. <laughs> yeah. Aren't the ranting, frothing fanatics that you want. Okay. And we actually have the box commander for that one. They did actually spoil that. So it's, or they <laughs> despoiled it. Ha ha. It's... Mm. Abaddon the Despoiler. Hmm. Two blue, black, red for a 5-5 legendary creature, Astartes Warrior. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Uh, With Trample. And much like Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, they have sort of flavor keyword abilities, which frankly I love. So Mark of Chaos Ascendant. During your turn, spells you cast from your hand with mana value X or less have Cascade, where X is the total amount of life your opponents have lost this turn. Under his rule, there is one. There is but one creed, Chaos Shall Reign. So can you explain Astartes real quick? Uh, okay. So in order to unite the galaxy under his benevolent rule, um, the Emperor created a, um, a human subspecies of super soldiers. Mm. These are the Astartes, the Adeptus oh. Astartes, um, who would go on to be the Space Marines. Right. And it is kind of, in, at least in the early Horus Heresy novels, because, of course, they went back and wrote like 60 novels about mm-hmm. the Horus Heresy. 
uh, that the the space marines weren't really supposed to be uh, soldiers. They were supposed to be kind of like the idea was that eventually all of humanity would be kind of like you know these transhuman, long lived, uh, robust, intelligent uh, people. But no, no, we we need you on the front line. So <laughs> right uh here's here's your psych psychic indoctrination uh we're going to take you when you're 13 and plant a bunch of organs just like stomp them into your chest cavity and uh go here's a bolt gun and these and these are the lads that are also like huge yes they're like nine feet tall or something yeah they're like there's they're shack sized right uh, the Great Kali sized. But like as wide as a house also. Yeah. And then they wear like enormous suits of power armor. They carry enormous guns. Because there are like normal sized humans. Oh, yeah. But yeah. These are, Astartes are not human. No, there, there, there's speaking. there's debate within the, the Church of Terra, <clears throat> within the Ecclesiarchy, whether the, um, whether Astartes truly can be considered human. All uh, right. But they, you know, they're, they're their people certainly yeah uh as a magic card this seems pretty sweet yeah yeah it's got sort of vibes of uh yidris maelstrom wanderer mm. a little bit um but it, yeah seems like a fine card i don't know yeah. uh abaddon is was the uh cat was one of horus's captains oh like, okay the, horus the the uh, uh space marine primarch who led the uh, the Horus Heresy. Abaddon was one of his captains, uh, and he's like kind of the highest ranking surviving member of that group who cares about organization. Other other Chaos Primarchs survived, and they're all demon princes doing their own thing and not really caring about things. And that was but like 10,000 10, years 10, ago? 10,000 years ago, yeah. yeah. So he's you know, looking he can, good for, yeah. for his age. Right. Yeah. Occasionally he can coax Magnus or Perturabo out of the warp to do stuff, mm-hmm. but nobody, like they're like, no, I don't care anymore. Um, so Abaddon has this job of basically herding cats. Nice. And everyone like kind of jokes about how Abaddon can't get anything done. Which is true, because, I don't know, have you ever tried to get, like, four adults to sit down for a game of D&D? Mm. Imagine doing that with several million ones who actively don't like you. Oof. All right. Poor guy. So, like, Abaddon just, like, you know, this is one of the rare shots of him not just crying in frustration <laughs> as he wages the long war on the uh, the carrion god of Earth. Wow. So, like, in the lore is... There was this fracture and the chaos faction separated from the Imperium. And have they just been at war with each other ever since? Is yeah. Like this yeah. Ancient civil war that's still happening. Yeah. The, right. uh, the, the chaos space Marine legions were successful in attacking. Well, they, they, they almost destroyed the Imperium. They laid siege to earth and, uh, the emperor killed Horus in single combat, but himself was so grievously wounded that he needed to be permanently interred upon the golden throne of Terra, which is like this elaborate life support system that prevents him from dying because nobody knows what happens if the emperor dies. Although like in the ancient lore, there was like a faction of humans who were like, if the emperor dies, he will be reborn. Mm -hmm. He will be reborn. We just need to let him die. This was part of his plan. We're interfering with his plan by keeping him alive. Because he's like generally depicted as mostly skeleton at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are apparently people who can talk to him. Hmm. But, that'd, that'd be weird. Yeah, 
Yeah. An odd conversation, I assume. There's an entire like YouTube uh, channel mm. that's quite popular in 40K called uh, If Emperor If the Emperor Had Text to Speech. <laughs> nice. Um, it's very meme-y. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of jazzed for these. I really liked playing Warhammer. Well, no. <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed, enjoyed Warhammer more? 40k. Yeah, I never I, played. I've never played Warhammer, but the lore, the lore is awesome. I just love the lore because it's so stupid. Yeah, it, I, and I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, like the scale of it is yeah amazing. It's so utterly over the top and preposterous mm-hmm. that I'm like, yes, this is great. Yes, this is so. It's it's so unabashedly, unapologetically ridiculous mm-hmm. that I'm just like, I love this. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it was written by a bunch of like British metalheads in the 80s. Yeah. So like, it's, I don't know, it feels Mad a lot of factor. fun to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mag Uruk uh, Thraka, <laughs> who's coming to uh, uh, destroy the miners. <sighs> Next card they spoiled is blood for the blood god exclamation mark and i've heard this refrain me too yeah and this is where it's from uh so it's eight generic mana black black red so 11 mana but wait uh it's an instant this spell costs one less to cast for each creature that died this turn so good to follow up a wrath discard your hand then draw eight cards Blood for the Blood God deals eight damage to each opponent. Exile. Blood for the Blood God. Flavor text. Skulls for the Skull Throne. Uh, and this is the art, Cameron, correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. I saw this somewhere else, is depicting a bunch of dead space marines with their bodies laid out in the symbol of corn. Yes, this is uh, the Rune of Corn. Who would be the blood god? Yes. There are four major warp gods, chaos gods, um, who reside in the warp, each representing like, or each feeding upon a particular kind of like psionic energy. Corn, who is the god of slaughter, mm. uh, feeds on belligerence and uh, death. And, well, not death, but like killing. Yeah. Sure. Blood, uh, the blood god. Yeah. Uh, and so like... One of the things that I really like about 40k is that it doesn't, Korn's thing is that his followers say, you know, Korn does not care from whence the blood flows. Mm. Um, so any martial pursuit, right? Like the noble warrior fighting a campaign for liberty and freedom right. feeds Korn. Ah. Um, and, you know, as there is nothing but slaughter among the stars, Korn feeds upon all of that. Brief aside, just because it's bugging only me, because I can't remember. Corn, Nurgle, Slanish, and Zinch. Z- Zinch. That's the one I can never remember. Thank you. Yeah. Uh. So, Corn. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to go deep on him, but obviously. okay. Yeah. I. I just need to share one friend of mine. Please. Described uh, Nurgle, as uh, this is at Cultural Geek. Uh, my friend Leah Miller mm. described Nurgle as the friend who is always telling you. It's self-care to act to skip therapy, actually. <laughs> right? Like Nurgle is usually depicted as like, you know, pestilence and, and decay, but it's it's different than that. It's stasis and not changing anything. Uh and these warp gods are just like 
they're like beings that exist in the warp or something? Yes. Or are they, yeah. Okay, the, the, right. they're, they're intelligences that formed out of consistent and strong threads that emerge from human warp presence. Although okay. Slanesh comes from the Eldar. Okay. In the original Warhammer, which was a fantasy styled game, mm-hmm. they were just demons. Like okay. these four creatures existed, but they were just demons. Right. Right. And it was like, oh yeah, there's the, that's the chaos army. And that's just like, just a big demon would like sit on the battlefield and be like, I'm Nurgle. Brr, brr, brr. But f- with 40, th- with uh, 40 K, they, uh, evolved. There's a lot more going on. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. as a magic card, seems, seems, pr- seems pretty sweet. Pretty strong after a wrath, right? Yeah. So obviously in a commander deck, like we're going to see all these cards from the lens of commander. And yeah, if you can three mana deal eight to each of your opponents and draw eight cards, like that seems fantastic, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eight is also Korn's number. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um, another card they showed off, and this card uh, seems amazing. Vanguard Suppressor. This is obviously from the uh, Imperium deck. Three and a blue for a Astartes warrior. Three, two with flying. And Squad 2. As an additional cost to cast this spell, you may pay two any number of times. When this creature enters the battlefield, create that many tokens that are copies of it. Also, it has Suppressing Fire, which is whenever it deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Mm. Creatures have multi-kicker now. Yeah. Hooray. That seems great for Commander, too. Like... However much mana you want to put into this card. Like, yeah, this seems like a great thing to peel on turn 14. Right? Yeah, six mana for two of these. Eight mana for three of these. That seems awesome. Seems fine. Three, two flyers that draw you a card? Heck yes. Yeah. And they they did show that there is, in fact, uh, an associated token. Um, I don't know if James has that, but no. But they the, uh, there is a token that uh, that goes with this. Although, if you like this card a lot, get you some... Uh, oh, there it is. Nice. Ooh. Get you some tandem lookouts. From cardking.com. Oh, right. Tandem lookout. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's already kind of doing what this card does. Mm-hmm. Oh, the altars. Anyway, the altars these are just like amazing. These are just like classic ultramarines. Yeah, these uh the ultramarines are, you know, the big loyalist space marine faction. Yeah. They're the ones that like, you know, build cities and empires and you know, they've got laurels and they're basically, you know, they're, they're very Roman influenced. Mm-hmm. But they're like the 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 extremely orthodox space marines. Their Primarch wrote the book, literally, nice on how to space marine. Uh, finally, from the 40k thing, they showed off a promo card, which isn't in the decks, but you can get it if you go to your LGS on launch day. Which you should do. Yeah. So it's a reprint of Fabricate, but with new <laughs> with new art. Uh, cool. Fabricate uh, two and a blue sorcery search your library for an artifact card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. What's going on here? Uh, that, this is a tech priest of Mars, Graham. Uh, the the Imperium has experienced extreme technological stagnation, and all of the understanding of their uh, technology is kept by the priesthood of Mars, the Adeptus Mechanicus, who guard it jealously and uh, treat it somewhat mystically. That seems like it would be holding the rest of the folks back. It does. Oh. That is correct. That's bad. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Neat. And they are like d- d- the Adeptus Mechanicus. They've they've written a lot of lore about them in the past few years, and they're actually living their best life. Yeah. They're having just so much fun out there. 
All right. So, um, other little details. They mentioned that there's a new foiling process that they talked about and said that they were going to show off later and didn't called surge foiling, S-U-G, or S-U-R-G-E. Our surge has enough on his plate already. Yeah. And each of these decks has a regular version and a collector's edition. Not sure what that means either. Probably something to do with the surge foiling. Now, some people were, you know, and I, I don't think unreasonably surprised to see that ne- none of the four decks were the orcs. Yes. Yeah. Probably because it would have just been like mono red, like fight you. But they did announce that there are three secret lair drops associated with this uh, 40k universes beyond launch. Uh, and one of them is Warhammer 40,000 orcs. Mm-hmm. Uh, O-R-K-S. Yeah. So there, there, there's something there. Another one of the secret layers is Warhammer Age of Sigmar, which is uh, the the new, I say new, it's been several years at this point, but the, the name for what I would have known as Warhammer Fantasy, so the original version. So that'll be interesting as well, just mm-hmm. sort of like some some fantasy-themed Warhammer stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the third one is Blood Bowl. Yeah! <laughs> which is... In-universe Warhammer uh, violence football. It's Blood Bowl. I, man, I, I used to have a high elf team back in the day, and Blood Bowl was just chaotic uh, nonsense. Because Games Workshop is in England. Yes. And Blood Bowl seems to be themed after American football. American football. Yes, yeah. Blood Bowl is the English understanding of American football. Yeah, which is that it's incredibly violent. Yes. Although, yeah. like, you know, from the island that brought you rugby. Yeah, I played the goblins, but with one tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the, the Ents could pick up the halflings or goblins and throw them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the goblin can hold the ball while that's happening. And then mm-hmm. you're like throwing not just the ball, but the whole player. So, uh, yeah, that was, that, that was, I think, the most exciting sort of bunch of new stuff that they, that they showed off. Um, they talked a little bit about Dominaria United, but they didn't really show anything off apart from shots of the uh, set symbol and packaging. Although, the image for the collector boosters for Dominaria United has a picture of a character that seems to be Braids. Oh, with, with extra arms. So that's weird. Braids only had two hands the first time, right? I feel like. I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, she threw them everywhere, though. <laughs> yeah. Damn, well, braids got hands. Look forward to <laughs> more no of touchy. that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, braids with more hands is bad because that's more ways she can touch you. That's extremely bad. Yeah. Um, but they did show off some stuff from Double Masters, uh, which of course is going to be mostly, if not entirely, reprints, I think. So the Double Masters 2022, um, I assume that like before, It'll do the double masters thing of your first pick out of each pack. You take two cards because that was the that was the whole gimmick. And the box art features Liliana and Aminatu. Oh, nice! So nice to see Aminatu again. Yeah. And they showed reprints of Kozalek, Butcher of Truth, as well as um, a fancy new art of Kozalek that looks uh, very cool from Ian Miller there. Uh, Liliana, The Last Hope, 
Nice. Uh, and some fancy art of that Ooh. one as well. Uh, which also oh, Scott Fisher, Liliana. Yeah. Holy moly! It's gorgeous. Also, this additionally features a new, different, other foiling process. That's like it's like the etched foil, but with a texture, but all over the card, so it doesn't curl. Oh. Um, and uh, they showed a video of this, which we don't have access to. Um, but it looked very, very fancy. Uh, also. Uh, a reprint people have been very excited for, Ren and Six. Oh, good. Finally getting a reprint, uh, again, also with uh, some optional new art as well nice. from uh, Donato Giancola. So that's cool. Also, hey, more more good news for the LGS. Um, WPN Premium Stores can host a Double Masters preview event on July 1st, and preview events have two promos. Nice. So uh, Weathered Wayfarer, Brand That's a good new, card. Brand new art for Weathered Wayfarer there. There it is. Uh, and also new art for Bring to Light. Those are cool promos. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what's going on with uh, Double Masters. So this is actually, Double Masters is actually coming out. That's at the beginning of July. So that's actually before... Warhammer. So so we talked about those in a different order. Right, yeah. We talked about Commander Legends, Baldur's Gate. That's the next thing on yeah. our plate, right? Yeah. Then Double Masters, then Warhammer, Warhammer and then Dominar United. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, Braids does have two extra arms. Three, multiple extra arms. I don't like it. That's weird. More arms to swat you with. All of which will have reasons to go into your LGS, probably, and hit up the, you know, Commander Legends release event maybe that you might be having you check with your store yeah it's yeah obviously these are different sets but there are like typically there's gonna be launch event of some kind for each of them Mm -hmm. uh they also showed off that um jumpstart is coming back even more so than we already thought so we know that jumpstart is coming back in jumpstart 2022 and i don't actually know when that's releasing I also didn't catch that in the article. Sorry. Maybe it's, they just haven't told At some that. point this year, I assume, because it's called Jumpstart 2022. Uh, but they showed off that there's a Dominaria United Jumpstart booster. So mm. starting with Dominaria United, every standard set will also have Jumpstart boosters. Weird. Yeah. Which I presume means cards from that set plus reprints right yeah um and so yeah each set will include several themes each feeling right at home with what the set offers players but don't let that stop you from mixing and matching uh as you know like you can play like a jumpstart from dominaria united and one from i guess brothers war or just jumpstart 2022 the idea is they're just they're just jumpstart packs that are themed to the set so I that's if you have like 10 or 12 draft archetypes maybe it makes sense to just be like yes and these are also jumpstart packs and we'll do like a little run and then you can like get into playing something that's similar to a sealed game like yeah. instantly just add water jumpstart packs for dominaria united <laughs> feature cards from the set including a rare or mythic two foil basic lands and a mechanically unique rare designed for the jumpstart pack cool mm. all right and yeah, pre-release for that is going to be September 2nd is when pre-release for Dominaria United starts. 
more good news for the uh, local game stores. Starting July 1st at WPN stores, which is Wizards Play Network, by the way, um, around the world, if you spend $50 US or more, you can just get yourself a free Sol Ring. Nice. On, on sealed product. Ooh. If you And it's the new... It's the new Sol Ring art by Mike Barrick in the old artifact frame, uh, which I think is really, really cool. Looks pretty good. Yeah, no, that's a handsome card. So yeah. Know what a free Sol Ring. So if you spend 50 bucks on sealed product in a store, you get yourself this, this Sol Ring while supplies last. Uh, and um, in-store championships in July, uh, if you show up, you get yourself a Flame Slash. Very nice. cool. If you top eight, you can get yourself an Archmage's Charm. Ooh. And if you cool. win, you get a textless Dark Confidant. Wow. Oh. Yeah, the That's Dark Bobby. Unusual. Yeah. Textless. Bobby, what you got for me? We haven't had a textless promo in quite a while. Yeah. It's oh. pretty. Mm-hmm. I need, I need this, actually. I would yeah. totally take a Dark Confidant because I think it goes in Aristocrats. <laughs> nice. I still love the time that I... The first time I resolved a Bob Trigger and hit Distendo Mabendo. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so bad. Sorry. I died on the spot. Is that nine mana? Eight. Yeah. Eight. Distended Mind Bender. But you can engulf it or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, emerge. Uh, emerge it down to like three or four or something, something or like that. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't help. That it's just yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's. Uh... That was, it was the. Otherwise, awesome. that deck curves out at two. Yeah, usually it's Gurmag Angler or Tassiger yeah. or uh, the Demon that gets yeah, you, but y- y- Distended Mind. Yeah, making Tombstalker. These decks. Yeah, Tombstalker is the typical one, right? Because yeah. Tombstalker was around right in standard with Dark Confidant, and sometimes- Hey, sometimes yeah. you just got to run the li- ride the lightning, right? Yeah. You take those risks in, in mono black. My good friend Tyler Woolley had uh, two, um, like four Dark Confidants and two- uh, Tombstalkers in his deck, and on one of them, he just wrote in pen, "Don't dome me, bro." <laughs> and the, and sure enough, it was the other one that killed him. Just needed to vandalize all of his there cards, and would have won that tournament. They also announced a they're going to be doing a uh, Wizards Presents event on August 18th, where they're going to do like the year's worth of announcements, not just for Magic, but Wizards as a whole, hmm. uh, including they showed off like a upcoming release schedule. Not really with any firm dates and a bunch of code names like lacrosse and netball. Uh, and this was weird. There's a set code named Marathon, and then very soon after that, a set code named Marathon Epilogue. Don't know what that could mean. Uh, and then the other one was off roading. So they're just want to go outside and do sports, I guess. Uh, and then one last thing that I wanted to mention before we wrap up for the day um, was that uh, because, of course, they can't do. Um, uh, Commander Legends Battle at Baldur's Gate on Magic Arena uh, but there's cards there that people might want to play in Alchemy and Historic so they are bringing some of those cards and other things to Arena on July 7th with Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate which is 250 new cards to Arena and I believe it's draftable, so that'll be fun. Cool. So that's that's one way of one way to do that. I do want to just jump in really quickly. Yeah. Um, 
before we uh, sign off here, uh, mm-hmm. because this is going to be a frequently asked question. And this is not new information. We've shared this before, but we can never tell everybody all at once. Um, Getting but the news out is always the biggest very challenge. hard. Yeah. But I guarantee you a very frequently asked question for the next couple of months is, is there a PPR for um, for the Commander Legends? Is there a PPR for uh, Double Masters 2? How about this Warhammer thing? Uh, the answer to all three is no, there isn't. There is no PPR. But there is stuff we are doing for uh, Commander Legends Battle of Baldur's Gate. So you can look forward to something like a PPR uh, in early June. And we are also doing something with Wizards for... Uh, Double Masters 2. Yeah. So you can look forward to those two things that will be coming around the set released. We are not doing anything for Warhammer 40k with Wizards, but obviously we will play those decks oh, yeah. on our own time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the PPR in earnest will return uh, later this year with uh, both Dominaria United and the Brothers War. Yeah. So that's that's what's going on. We've talked about this before. That's not new information, but maybe you haven't heard it and now you have. So there you go. Uh, that's Thank you for that. That's a really good point. Um, next week, I think, will be the nicknames episode. Hmm. So, because all this happened now. So you've got another week to get your nicknames in uh, at lrr.cc slash nicknames for Streets of New Capanna. Um, but until then, uh, that is going to do it for uh, this week. I'm very excited to learn more about Warhammer 40K. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can probably already go and pre-order it over at cardin.com forward slash LRR. But you can pre-order uh, the Baldur's Gate cards. Baldur's maybe? Gate. Yeah. So hey. get over there uh, to our lovely sponsor, Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com slash LRR. Ask them for a button. Weird tap, but okay, is what it says right now. And of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Until next time, I've been Graham, joined by Cameron. Huh? Nelson. I was also here. And James was on tech. Toodles. <laughs> Heather gets these online. Thank you all so much for watching. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.